0: Hello and welcome to Rocket Acceler- Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm starting off strong tonight. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'm joined tonight by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and special guest, Yasmin Evian, UX designer and developer and host of the Material Podcast on Rocket FM. Unfortunately, Rocket FM. Rocket FM. Yes. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah uh yeah sorry. We're rebranding the whole network. It's gonna be named after our show,
1: so I had this great idea this week. I was going to myself, what would I have to do to get Stephen and Mike to name rename relay <laughs> f m to Brelay <laughs> f m for my birthday just for one day to just change the logo change do you think everything make that happen?
0: yeah, well, you know. I, Squarespace is sponsoring this episode, so I think you should create the Relay FM <laughs> website.
1: <laughs> You're missing we out on an opportunity that. here if you don't. That's. That's true. Before we get to the show, um Christina Warren is dead. Yes. She has I'm left us. I'm afraid to announce or at least we can't confirm she's still alive because she hasn't pinged me back on Facebook. We don't know what Messenger, did Messenger when I pinged her thirty seconds
0: yeah. ago. Was so. it the, the GOP debate that did her in? Was it the <laughs> it horrible been, illness? Was yeah. it the Apple TV? The pathogens in the Apple T V, which we
1: all know are there. That's true. That's the question true. remains? We don't know. Christina Warren dead at I don't know, 26, 27, yeah. Yeah, next week.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, Christina is unfortunately sick tonight, but we are very happy to have Yasmin on, replacing her being being our Christina.
2: I'm, I'm excited because, you know, you cover too much Apple love, and you need some Android Ooh. and Google love in your life, so I'm happy to give that to you. Those are fighting words, and we're going to fight. <laughs> Where are you? Where do you
1: live? <laughs> I'm on my yeah, way. Everywhere I'm gonna... and everywhere. I actually feel like we don't cover Apple very much on the show, to be honest uh, with you. I mean, I feel like we, we really do spread it equally across all the ecosystems. I and I, I yeah. respectfully disagree. I, actually, yeah,
2: you're lighted. <laughs> well, okay. You're lighted. okay, okay. I did listen to the latest episode and it was a lot of androids. I was like, darn it, I really can't use that against them.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> we knew, darn. we knew that Christina would get sick and that you would be the one <laughs> yeah. to replace her. So we were like, okay, we got to step it up. Android and we were coverage. Talking about
2: Android for a little bit. <laughs> Dude, I do like it how, you know, we got on the, we have a Wikipedia page now. And uh it was Apple Podcasts uh technology. Oh. And I was like, Hey, there is one Google and Android podcast there, you know, represent Google. <laughs> so I asked our listeners uh to to change it and they did, so so sweet.
1: Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so what I would love for Rocket listeners to do is, you know, if you do have a Wikipedia account, is please go look at that page and, you know, add to it, add Rocket, you know, like link it over to my Wikipedia page, like, you know, like let's build this page up. That would be really awesome. I'd love for people out there to do that with accurate information. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, uh, this year, uh, my husband had his uh, his Wikipedia page defaced, and they changed it from, you know, Frank Wu is a four-time Hugo Award winner, he a PhD in bacterial genetics, blah, 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 blah. And they just changed it to Brianna Wu is a beep. Wow. <laughs> Deleted everything else <laughs> there except for that, which I appreciated the conciseness of that. He had all the information you need to know about Frank Wu
2: you know brie you know you, sh- yeah. you really shouldn't be upset because usually it's always uh the wife that's known as you know it would be like frank's wife brie right, you know but, right. n- but but you really should be happy because frank is now being recognized as Bree's uh, husband so that's it's-, that's it's-, it's kind of a win for you <laughs> we've <is>. won <laughs> <It> feminism <is. laughs> now
1: that's <laughs> yes. incredible i can't believe it yes <laughs> it's great it's all over I defeated patriarchy.
2: <laughs>
0: Do you so when when does your crown for being queen of feminism come in the mail? Like who who actually takes care of organizing these, you know, these
1: things? Uh I think what happens now is all the other feminists like have a Highlander style match across all space and time. Oh. And then that figures it out. So. God, I wish someone had mentioned that yeah. before. I'm not ready for that. Yeah, you should get ready some money. Let's talk about the Nexus. Let's talk about the Nexus. I
0: want to talk about how on the FM Wikipedia page, notice I said Relay and not Rocket, they capitalized the D in Rochefort in the, the red link that does not lead to a Wikipedia page for me since I don't have one yet. So, you know. If anyone... But they do it right in the description of the show. So, you know, the D is lowercase. Just just FYI, everyone. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so we wanted to talk today about the Nexus 6P phone, which is the first Nexus phone that's made by Huawei, um, the Chinese manufacturer. And so it's being is consider- considered so far the best Nexus in terms of hardware. And The Verge called it a beautiful object. It's made of metal. It is by all accounts, lovely to hold. And it has 32 gigabytes as the base storage model. Everyone cheer and wave your (laughs) pom-poms. If you
2: have them. Yeah,
1: I know you have them. Can I I say something about this phone? It is so sexy. It is so unbelievably sexy. You know, I have a a Nexus 6 at home. It was the the first uh, Android phone that I ever played with. And, you know, I got it. And I'm like... Wow, this is a really really good phone. Um I just wish the build quality were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the the Nexus 6P and it is so sexy. And Yasmin, like you have one, right?
2: It's uh, it hasn't arrived yet, oh. but I did order a, a Nexus 6P in uh Frost, the white color. Ooh. And I saw some pictures and some videos and it just yeah, you're right, it's hot. Like yeah. it is an awesome. I can't wait for it, for it to arrive. Um, It has an AMOLED display, which is, you know, once you check out an AMOLED display, like you really can't go back to LCD. The colors are just awesome. And so, um, so I currently have the Moto X 2014 edition and that one's AMOLED and uh, I got to borrow uh, Russell's moto uh, x 2015 edition and that one they chose to go with an lcd screen and i was comparing both of them and i was like man i really just love amoled so i i think i'm just going to be an amoled uh you know device woman
0: <laughs> use that to guide all your future purchases yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'd like, like to say mm, though, which one has is someone
1: is someone that works with color a lot all day long like Looking at light structures and 3D scenes and like balancing it out, Um, you know, I I agree with you because I've seen AMOLED displays and you know, I'll compare it to other displays and I think one of my criticisms for it is you know the reason it looks better to a lot of people is perfectly unmysterious it's because they pump up the saturation Mm. so much and you know one of the first things I do when I get an image and I want to you know make it look more appealing is to um you know basically pump up that saturation I I I think there's a decent argument that you know natural color reproduction is a better way to go because then you can go and you know pump up the saturated colors in like post-processing it's also giving you a more accurate um you know, idea of what your picture. So you're taking it. So letting look the like.
0: human eye take care of that process yeah. rather than yeah. entrusting yeah. it to the machine. That's
2: yeah. you know what? I don't wanna see real life for you. I want to see saturated <laughs> I relate
0: to that. I have to say I was in the Verge's article or review of it, they have a side by side with a picture from the iPhone 6S and it's of this red Mini Cooper. And the red from the six the Nexus six P is so rich and like mm-hmm. dark and beautiful and it made me bite my finger Sadly. But I mean I love the camera on the iPhone 6S. It's fantastic, but I am I'm I am a butt <laughs> for saturation.
1: That's all I'm gonna say <laughs> I love you so much. The truth Josh. is out. The truth is out. <laughs> Christina would be so proud you know, of me.
2: Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to test out the camera on the 6P. Uh, in the past, Nexus devices or even Android devices really haven't been, haven't had really good cameras, but I heard the 6P camera uh, looks pretty mm-hmm. great. And it's, uh, I think it's, if if it's not the same camera, it's like really close camera to the 5X. And my husband um, got that one delivered last week. And the camera is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we we were at like a fair and and we had gotten my daughter some cotton candy and it had this like kind of cool like glow stick that held the cotton candy up and he just took a picture and it was like really dark out and there's no way my uh moto x would have (laughs) captured it and hit and his picture it just captured like the colors it looks it looked great so i'm excited for the 6p and it has fingerprint yeah and the fingerprint sensor is on the
1: back right yeah, it looks really uncomfortable. I'm trying to imagine how that's gonna work. I don't know. No,
2: but think about how you hold your phone, though. Like it's resting on your hand, and it uses your, you know, your pointer finger or index finger, whichever. Mm-hmm. So that's usually already up there. That I don't think it's that much of an issue.
1: I I don't think it's a issue. I think you'll be able to work around it. I just um yeah I think the ideal place for it is where you know the Samsung you know Galaxy uh, S6 and the iPhone put it there. You know I think it's it's natural to kind of want it on the front so you can kind of do it. Yeah you know, I think eventually muscle memory will kick in. But yeah you know, just the fact that they're adding that is huge. Uh, you know when I first got that Android phone I was try- I was very frustrated by the lack of a fingerprint sensor. Um. You know, I'm sure we've all had that that moment where we're kind of staring over someone's shoulder as they unlock their phone. <laughs> and let's let's be honest, like a lot of the 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 Android like code patterns like they're not hard to watch and like figure it out like to me that's easier than oh my god they typed four numbers in a row what are those again you know um so i i think it's a really i think it's almost a baseline for security in 2015. yeah
0: definitely i think the question about you know whether it's on the home button or on the back it, i think that's not necessarily the standard because it's natural but i think it, i think it is just one of those things where it's the standard because that's what's been done so far. I I haven't used the six P, but from what I've read, it the motion of pulling it out and having your index finger slip over that spot, the the imprint on the back is pretty natural. And since the home button has other functions like opening the camera, um, that's why they moved it to the back.
2: Yeah. So uh, usual Android devices don't have buttons on them on the front, and I think Samsung is. There's a few manufacturers that actually do put buttons like a home button in the front, and so that's why it's not very like a natural place for for Nexus See, to actually do that. We're coming at it
0: from the Apple and so perspective. You're, kind,
2: <laughs> you're thinking about it all wrong. <laughs> so, so if they would have brought in a like button in the front, I think it really would have confused Android users. Okay, huh. not really, but uh, I've never <laughs> you
1: thought
2: about know, that. Yeah, yeah. So I. I th- I'm excited for the placement. Like on the 5X, it's a much smaller phone, uh, and my husband had no trouble like putting his finger on it, unlocking it, and like we ordered a movie with uh, using the fingerprint, and that was like awesome. I'm like, you don't have to type in your password anymore. Like this is a, this is awesome. And then people looking um, over your
0: shoulder are like, oh my god, how did she open that
2: phone? I didn't even
0: see her touch <laughs> ex- anything.
2: So, exactly. You know, so it's more
1: you magic. become a wizard
0: <laughs> in the eyes of the so, unsuspecting public. <laughs>
1: yeah you're like oh, LP one kenobi uh so like this comes with android 6.0 on it already um what is the freaking difference because for the life of me i can't <laughs> tell and i imagined like i was trying to read about some of the upgrades in this in this version yeah and, and i imagine it's what it must be like when people read, like, a Jason Snell review of, like, Apple's newest <laughs> operating system, and I'm like, I don't give a crap about any of this. Like, what's the difference? Why should I, I, I make sure that I up, upgrade to this? What is the takeaway with it? Uh,
2: the, one of the first things is we already talked about the fingertip you know, uh-huh. it opens up. Um, and it's actually going to be baked into Android. So other phones have had fingerprint uh, scanners on them. But uh-huh. this is like the first time that Android said, all right, now it's actually built into our operating system. So developers go huh. build some apps for it. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the one of the big things. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm really excited about, and I got to play with it slightly on the 5X, is this uh, feature called Now on Tap. And cool. so say, uh, say, Bri, when we were scheduling this call, and you were like, hey, tonight, can we record at this time? Um, and you sent me that in like a chat or whatever. I hold down the the home button or, you know, not the actual home button, but the home button and it, it like scans my screen. And it would pick up all that information and conversation that we had. And it will give me um, information like, hey, would you act like to add this as a calendar calendar event? Now, say if Brie, you were like, hey, let's go grab lunch tomorrow at your favorite place, which is a uh, what's that? Shake Shack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shake Shack. So if, if I was visiting Brie and she goes, hey, Yasmin, let's go lunch tomorrow at 12 p.m. at Shake, Shack, Shake uh, Shack, you know, it would I would hold it down and it would automatically like add that as a calendar. It would give me an option to add that as a calendar. So I don't have to go into my calendar app and type in Shake Shack with Brie at 12 p.m. tomorrow. Like it just picks up that information. Now that does scare some people is Android and Google like always scanning my screen. No, it's only activated when you, like, hold down and press it, and it activates the Now on Tap feature. So those things, like, that's what I'm mostly really excited about, just because I've been wanting a feature like that forever. There's so many times where you're just texting a friend, and you set a, you know, a lunch, and you're like, I need to get that on my calendar, but now I don't want to go into my calendar You app.
0: put it off, and you put it off, and then it comes back to bite you. And then
2: you forget.
0: My life. <laughs> In Summary.
2: <laughs> and... And then you're drinking a beer all by yourself because your friend never came.
1: <laughs> I guess for me, it's like, yeah, I know that feature exists, but because I'm so new to the Android ecosystem, you know, I want to be clear, I've liked my phone, but there are times like I'm I'm surfing and I'm like, where's the back button? And I'm like, there's no back button on screen. What? And then I'm like, whoo! Ah, ah, ah. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like and it's like I'm trying to... Like, where am I supposed to do? And then I remember, oh, there's a back button if I just tap down here next to the home button. And it's like this whole paradigm. It's blowing my mind. Like, I can use some of the most complicated 3D software on the planet, no problem. But this Android stuff, that is I feel me. the same way yeah. and like
0: I know mentally I know this is this is a wonderful OS it makes sense for people people use it all the time and they love it and my brain is just like I don't want to understand the new paradigms
1: <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so interesting how I don't we get so locked into these courses once we understand how a machine works I don't know I don't know
2: I feel like Yeah, I think if you if like you if you're an Apple user and you come to Android, something is gonna see some foreign, but that's also so yeah. true with like if you're an Android user and you exactly. go to Apple and you're like, I just wanna share things to each other. <laughs> why can't I why can't this app talk to this app? I just need to get my PDF. It would out. probably be better
0: for us to like switch back and forth to keep our brains fresh and active.
2: Give yeah, I'd be like batting right and left.
0: <laughs> I'm ambidextrous in terms of <laughs> Yeah. <the words. laughs> Ambidextrous.
1: Oh, No, no. Oh, where, where is Christina to help me keep this this show on track? I'm on fire Without tonight. Without Christina here, it's anarchy. It's anarchy. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I don't know. It looks like a really good phone. Um, I'm probably gonna end up buying one at some point. Do it. Uh, You know, I'm 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 sold on it. I mean, I really yeah. see the value of Android, and um, you know, here at GSX, uh, you know, I've talked about it on Rocket, but we've been we've been experimenting with Android development uh, currently. You know, we're we're working with uh, Gear VR, and that's very neatly tied into Unreal, which we kind of specialize in. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna say like we're going both feet forward into Android, uh, at our studio, but you know, we, we really realize this is, is part of our future. And, um, you know, I will always prefer my iPhone personally, but, uh, it's a good operating system.
2: No, Bree. especially if you, you know, I know you're uh, in development of Cupcake Crisis, and mm-hmm. that's uh, targeted for young uh, kids to kind of get them into engineering, and especially particular girls. Um, and I think for, for kids, you know, buying, being able to, like, Android devices and tablets are just so much more affordable. And if you were able to bring those games to Android, um, you know, I, I think it opens it up to a lot more uh, users.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just the thing. Um, you know, I can't help but notice when, you know, my friends drag me along to go to kids' birthday parties, you know, which I, I do sometimes do. Also, you know, I personally am a non-parent, but I will look around the room and I'm like, what are all these parents using for their smartphones? And I see a lot more Android devices there. And I, you know, I think that, I don't know, I just suspect that, you know, um, there's... I I think that for the tech crowd, you know, it's very easy for us to justify, you know, buying the latest, greatest, best um, Apple device. Um, But, you know, just the fact is you can get these phones for cheaper, which is why Android is, you know, a more popular, um, you know, ecosystem around the world. Whether it's more profitable is definitely uh, a point of contention. But, you know, there it is.
2: We don't talk about that.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) We turn (laughs) a blind eye.
2: No, but yeah,
1: uh, so the
0: 32 gigabyte base model is 499, which does make it the cheapest cheapiest cheese, the cheapest of the quote unquote premium phones out there, which like is awesome and I, I think that supporting that kind of technology and making that accessible is really important. So cool beans.
1: I mean, $500 is very reasonable for a device that's frankly that sexy. Absolutely, you know, gosh. Like it, and it's, it it is it's such absolutely a
0: beautiful image. I was going to ask oh, oh. you if you are switching over completely in your personal life to Android or using both because it, it, I know you've been playing with the...
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm by operating system at this point. <laughs> um, no, so very, very seriously. Um, I get doxed by people very often these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I am that jerk that carries two phones around with her. Um, I have one that's my personal line and then I have my business phone and then like you know, I keep doing business on my business phone, knowing it's going to be doxed, but also that I can put that away and not worry that, you know, my husband is trapped in a burning building somewhere <laughs> if it starts going off. So also it traps all the death threats on one line, <laughs> which is a very important feature for me. So, hand that right
0: over to the
2: FBI. <laughs> right.
0: Here you go. So they you can go. do nothing. It's right here. Um, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Another great lead-in for me. Uh, You can start building your website today (laughs) at squarespace.com. And if you enter offer code ROCKET at checkout, you get 10% off. Uh, If you want to build a website for yourself and your image to live online, squarespace.com is the easiest way to do that. It puts all the power in your hands and takes away the pain and great suffering of things like (laughs) hosting and scaling and ruining your life by committing yourself to a website that is just not what you want. Squarespace makes it easy to do exactly what you want. You can make a portfolio site that's just one page and put yourself out there that way. You can make a store. You can make a blog like christina made last week with the basic bitches guide to life um, for her other podcast and squarespace sites look professionally designed uh, no matter what your level of coding is they just give that give you all the power that you need right in your hands no dealing with web developers who don't reply to your emails as anyone who has tried to build a website has experienced i love you web developers you're bad at answering (laughs) emails (laughs) Uh, squarespace gives you a ton of beautiful templates um they depending on what exactly you want to put out there they're beautiful well designed and they have 24 7 support live chat and email if you run into any problems along the way um so you should absolutely check out squarespace.com their plans start at eight dollars a month and if you sign up for a year you'll get a free domain name which as you know is the most important part of putting yourself online. Uh, you can start a free trial today with no credit card required and build the most beautiful website that I have ever seen and send it to me so that I can admire it. And again, <laughs> you should enter offer code ROCKET at checkout and show your support for Rocket and Relay FM by getting 10% off your first purchase, which is pretty freaking awesome. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for supporting this podcast and Relay FM, that network that I know the name of.
1: so before we get to our next topic i have a question so i i I will hope all our listeners out there will use the hashtag pray for cmac you know we've we've got to pray that she survives although she's probably dead most likely Um, she is definitely dead most likely dead I'll check her Twitter.
0: But as we discussed earlier, we don't know. We don't know who runs That's, that. Could I heard be, that President that,
1: Obama actually runs Christina's Twitter for her. It, it could be zombie Christina Warren Whoa. running that Twitter from beyond the grave. So, but my question is if you're going to pray for CMAC, like what deity would you pray to? Like, hmm. I was thinking about that today. And, like for Christina Warren, I think. Praying to the demon lord would be the right call to, <laughs> oh <my> like, God. <laughs> to like, give her to infuse her with what she needs. I mean, do you agree with I, that,
0: Simone? Do you call him the demon lord, or do you just call him John as he goes by, you know, when he comes over for dinner at my house?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I'll go with either one of them. Yeah, okay. What do you think, Yasmeen? You want to burn some bridges uh, to down on it?
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought we didn't so talk about religion go or go politics on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh, you can't see me pulling up my collar. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm untying my, I'm tying my
0: a (laughs) A single sweat bead rolls down yasmin's face
2: (laughs) what did i get myself into no pressure it's fine it's (laughs) fine you know i think she's i think she's still alive you know zombie zombie uh, christina live long
0: (laughs) (laughs) zombie christina warren.com your new
2: squarespace website that would be a good squarespace site
1: (laughs) (laughs) what would that be you would just like okay so it would be Pictures of Christina, but not on an AMOLED display, so it would be very unsaturated, <laughs> so she would look undead because she's already very pale. So,
0: okay, so there's been a bit of contention this week with South by Southwest, the South by South, Southwest Conference's canceling of two panels, one that was called Level Up, that was about. Um, Harassment in online culture, specifically gaming culture, and the other that was called Save Point, which was—can I say it? It was a GamerGate panel run by GamerGaters, or am I trying to be more politically? Yeah, correct no, with that's
1: completely—that's completely, that's completely
0: accurate. Yes, so this panel was submitted actually well after other South by Southwest panels had been submitted, and it was never put up for a public vote like many, like all the other panels were. And it was accepted, um, like that was announced a couple weeks ago. And since then, there has been a lot of backlash of people protesting the fact that that Gamergate panel was accepted and then a lot of attacking of the other panel, which was not about Gamergate. It was about online culture and harassment and video games uh it was not intentionally directed to be about gamergate but it was treated as such Um, and the two panels were marketed as being a debate in debate with each other which was never the again the intention of the level up panel and south by southwest response to the drama and the threats that occurred because of these announcements was to cancel both panels and Brianna, I imagine you have a lot to say about this. Uh, You posted a great write-up from Arthur Chu on the Daily Beast about just summarizing the whole debacle from beginning to end. And he was involved in another panel that did not get accepted, but was also about online.
1: Actually, it was accepted. It was accepted? And, oh, I understand um, that it wasn't. My no, bad. The, the public is completely wrong about this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm very frustrated about this, which is why I wanted to talk about this today. So, um, you know, uh, I, I would rather be talking about anything else today. Something I've really made an effort to do in my career is move away from GamerGate. I don't want to be a feminist critic. I don't want to be Anita Sarkeesian. I am an engineer and I want to develop stuff and I want to build my company. That is my dream, right? I stood up to Gamergate because I had to. So I am very frustrated to have spent the last two days when we're in crunch for Revolution 60, trying to get it out the door, um, You're doing all these interviews again, um, You're talking about this. So, you know the public kind of knows about this bombshell and that's what you discussed Simone, uh, you know, on Monday with, um, you know, South by Southwest canceling both these panels and, you know, by the way, sending this message by canceling a panel about the harassment of women because of threats of violence, uh, that all you need to do is to stop women from speaking up is to threaten enough violence. Um, so the the press and a lot of people were very frustrated about that, quite correctly so. But what I wanted to talk about today was the story behind that, that, that isn't really reported as much. And Yasmin, I think you can appreciate this because it's a story about erasing women of color and you, you know, are the only woman of color on our network. Um, so what happened is there were two panels primarily about harassment uh that were being submitted South by Southwest. There was um, you know, Randy Harper, Catherine Cross, and Carolyn Snyder's panel. And there was uh one I submitted with uh Shireen Mitchell. And you know, author 2 was also on that. And what we were doing is Shireen has, you know, we're friends. And we did a wildly successful panel, Blog her that talked a lot about how women of color <clears> experience <throat> different kinds of harassment than white women do, frankly. And how, you know, it's very telling in the news this year, the main people you've heard from are Zoe Quinn, Anita Sarkeesian, and me. And, you know, we're really not talking about those experiences that are very different for women of color. So I really wanted to you know, I took a breath because I'm not eager to do more Gamergate programming, but I thought this was an important issue, and I agreed to do it with uh, Shireen and Author. So South by Southwest, um, you can read the play-by-play in Author's article, and I'm sure Stephen will link to it, but the bottom line with this is South by Southwest was very difficult to work with from the beginning. They were putting every single woman working on the programming into a situation where we were being bombarded with harassment. Um, You know, in the panel voting process, Gamergate was swarming it. They were personally attacking me, libeling me, saying false things about me, outing people that had nothing to do with the panel. And South by Southwest uh, response was just to shrug and ignore it. And, you know, for me being a pragmatist, I kind of took a breath and said, You know what, and I think every woman in tech deals with this. It's always a choice if you're going to work within a system or kind of speak your truth and, you know, kind of try to make it better. And this was a point where I was willing to suck up my pride, say, well, this isn't a good experience, but I want to do this panel anyway. So we went through the process, and Gamergate um, ended up submitting a panel, ended up like, not even following South by Southwest rules. South by Southwest went out of their way, broke their own rules unilaterally with only 30% of the people that were able to um, make this call, like Mm -hmm. in the voting process. This very small committee ended up like basically handpicking Gamergate and inviting them to the convention. And I bit my tongue on that and didn't say anything. But the point where I couldn't bite my tongue anymore is when they gave uh, Shireen a thumbs up in like communication behind the scenes and said, you, your panel is going to go forward. And then um, they turned around and canceled it at the same time that they were basically giving Gamergate a panel so what south by southwest was doing was basically erasing you know the one black perspective that south by southwest was going to bring in on the harassment issue and you know i was i was really frustrated this week being thrown back into the media because i have other panels i have a vr panel with uh, nicole lazaro that i'm very excited about doing and i would much rather talk about engineering but I've been put into this position where it's like if I don't speak up and kind of fight to get, you know, at the very least, Shireen and hopefully author back on this programming, her voice is just simply gonna be erased. And I th- I find it very frustrating that the news has um you know constantly not reported the entirety of the story. Inc. magazine reported it correctly today. Um I did a long interview at the Boston Globe and I'm hoping they will today. But, you know, this is a, the bigger issue is South by Southwest really blew it here. They showed a callous disregard for everything, every step of the way. We told them this backlash would happen. They ignored us. They did it anyway. They went through the panel picker process. They left the comments open. We told them we were going to get smeared and harassed. They ignored it, it happened anyway. We told them threats would come to the convention if they invited Gamergate. They ignored that, threats happened anyway. You had women on the panel, they've had SWAT teams sent to their house and to their parents' house. They were telling uh, South by Southwest that if you invite these people here, these are people with a history of harassment. Women are not going to feel safe. Your convention is gonna get a reputation for being not safe for women. That is exactly what happened. And, you know, we're really put in this very difficult political situation where, you know, I don't like having stress with the conference. I speak at a lot of conventions and I want my reputation to be someone who's easy to work with. But they've been so terrible to work with along the way that, you know, we have to talk about this stuff in the press now. And that's very frustrating. Mm -hmm.
0: It seems like not only did they either not get the memo or blatantly disregard what's been happening to women and people women of color over the last year, year and a half, but then also really tried to position it as a draw for people coming to the convention that there would be quote unquote mm-hmm. a dialogue which yep. is a not what people signed on to do. B just really callous to to do to the people who've been discussing this and Having to live with the backlash that comes from being a woman, being a woman of color in online communities. And that's
1: really, ew, crabby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's exactly what it is. I think it's very, very, very telling that for South by Southwest, you know, throwing me and Shireen and randy and Catherine cross and carolyn and to a lesser extent author chu though he doesn't get attacked the same way we do because he's a dude i think throwing all of us into the mall of harassment is absolutely fine and then it's a debate when you're doing that when you're bringing you know the threats that we get to our doorstep but then the instant that South by Southwest is in the public spotlight and they're getting some critique and some <clears throat> obliquy, you know, I had conversations with them this week and they're like, oh, this has been just a really terrible week. This has been one of the hardest weeks of my life. And I'm like, yeah, you can't take it. Like you can put us in that situation, but when it happens to you, then you start to get it. I can absolutely and,
0: see how that would be very grating after having
1: gone yeah, through the public voting process. Yeah, it was very, very frustrating. So, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm surprised yeah.
2: you had a direct communication with them, and you, you've, you've been through this, and you said, "Hey, like these are some steps that you can be taking to help yeah. prevent this." and yes. No one listened. Um, they didn't yeah, just that's... not
1: listen to me. They didn't listen to <laughs> Carolyn. They didn't listen to anyone involved with this. Shireen sent tons of emails to them that just were completely ignored. So mm. it's been a real wreck.
0: Uh, and actually, so some of the other things that have happened this week has, have been that Vox um, decided not to attend the convention. If and, but, bleh, Vox and BuzzFeed both decided that they would not attend unless, if I'm getting not getting this wrong, both panels were reinstated which seemed to be the wording like their articles both seemed to be very in favor of you know the level up and the women discussing the harassment that they face online but the wording of their boycott was it always included both panels i wasn't sure if they were discussing level up and the panel that you were on and shireen was on or if they were discussing level up and the gamergate panel
1: I, you know, this is the point where I may or may not know the truth of that statement, but, you know, it kind of involves betraying private conversations, so I don't, I don't feel, I, I, I understand why the public is confused about that, and, you know, Stephen, please leave this in, you know, I understand why the public is confused about that, um, You know, I think it's being negotiated. I think it's fair to say there's still five months before South by Southwest. So, you know, stay tuned on this. I, I think you're seeing the political process play out. And, you know, that is it. It's frustrating that this, you know, one of my past jobs before I had this job was in politics. And what I find so frustrating is. You know, working for women in tech, sometimes it requires the exact same stuff I used to see in the Senate, where it's, you know, sometimes when institutions are just not listening, you do have to go to the press to kind of get this stuff mm-hmm. done. It's sad that that's the point where we're at for women to just have a seat at the table in the technology industry. But here we are. So, Yasmeen, yes, yeah, I like you are. Yeah, yeah, please. No, go ahead, no, go on. I was going to ask. I'll start Yes, I mean for you, um, you know, you are a woman of color on Relay. I mean, how do you feel about some of these dynamics that really, you know, I've been talking about that haven't been in the press so much?
2: Right. I think you know having women in tech is is like a big push. Like, yes, let's get more women in tech, and you know they're you know with Relay getting more women to be a part of the network um, is all really great. But then there comes a moment when you have to realize like getting women in tech doesn't solve everything because it's generally just white women um and getting you know people of color I'm, and women of color to be in the you know the tech fields like that is its own big hurdle you know it's uh it's <laughs> it's so many levels uh, to it you know i was at a panel and there was uh, two white women and one uh, women of color, and they were talking about being a woman in tech. And, uh, you know, the the two uh, white women had a really awesome experience from their perspective, like getting into tech. One of them said, yeah, you know, it was actually pretty easy, so I don't even see oh. it as an issue, <laughs> ah. <laughs> which, was, uh, which was really unfortunate because I'm sitting here going, you're talking to a bunch of women in tech who have... You know, had obstacles, and also women of color who are here and are running into these things. And you're telling them, like, yeah, it was actually pretty easy with me because, you know, I grew up. Uh, in a house where we could you know afford my college education and we did have technology to kind of get us in through the door and all this stuff you know uh, luckily the other woman of color that was on here she kind of stepped up and said something you know like hey i am a, a'm I'm my parents were immigrants and I came here you know as a as an immigrant and how like she kind of spoke towards that and how hard that was for her and just so many different uh, levels and um, getting women in tech is, something that we really need to strive for. But I think we need to look out for uh, people of color mm-hmm. in tech. And that's something we really need to consider.
1: Can Can I tell you a quick story, something that has really raised my consciousness on this? Because, like, you know, Shireen has shared with me some of her experiences. And I've had some horrible, horrible stuff done to me this year. I think when most people think about the worst of harassment, they think about Brianna Wu. I've had pictures of mutilated dogs sent to me after my my very beloved dog crash died this year. Um, But, you know, I've never had some of the things that Shireen has told me that black women are targeted at. I've never had, you know, people Photoshop pictures of me being lynched and send mm. that to me. You know, mm. I've never had people like photoshop my body onto like nude models to like, you know, kind of degrade me in 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 very specific ways related to, you know, the black experience. So, you know, I think that it's really really important to, you know, make sure everyone's stories are out there and they're getting heard. And I think the other thing I've I've come to realize is You know, women of color very frequently can't talk about this stuff as as kind of passionately as I do. You know, I think that because they're held to, frankly, racist standards, I think that, you know, it's, I think that it's kind of, I think you get punished if you're a woman of color and you're super outspoken. I mean, would you agree with that, Yasmin?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... (laughs) like i said being a woman it has its own struggle now add color to that and that's yeah. another level that you have to deal with yeah. um so it's definitely is a struggle and even you know um i i think even my experience being a latina is even different experience from what a, a black uh, woman of color would experience and what they go through um yeah and i think every everyone's voices um, need to be heard
0: yeah and so when you go that dynamic in a public voting situation like it was with the south by southwest panels obviously the deck is stacked against a panel like the one that had the shireen on it and i it's just really important i I think as someone who is organizing events like this who values diversity and who who has a reputation like south by southwest has slash had It's important to, (laughs) I know, to really intentionally make those choices about whose voices you're including, whether they are approved by some public voting process or not. It is valuable to bring those voices in and let them be heard and give them a platform, especially when someone is sticking their neck out, like Shireen did, to speak about these issues. So, sucks.
1: Yep. 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 Let's move on to something happier.
0: This episode (laughs) of Rocket is brought to you by Smile and PDF Pen 7 for the Mac. PDF Pen is the ultimate all purpose PDF editor, and Smile offers 10 great excellent tutorials from the very talented Mr. David Sparks. Uh, These videos are around two to four minutes long and they teach you all about how PDF Pen 7 will change your freaking life by letting you apply markup, annotate, add signatures to PDFs, fill in PDF forms. Uh, You can use iCloud and Dropbox to sync your PDFs with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone. You can use it to touch up images, perform OCR to convert scanned documents to usable text that you can edit uh, and you can correct and redact text. It is text. It is awesome. It's what we've all wanted to be able to do to PDFs ever since their their (laughs) sad birth. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) What what PDFs are you viewing? I
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a difficult relationship with PDFs. But these courses will help you understand all of the awesome things you can do with PDF Pen. Um, and there are additional courses to highlight how you can use PDF Pen Pro 7 to do just freaking awesome things. Uh, Brianna, I know you use the PDF Pen.
1: I do. I do. In fact, uh, I was gasping earlier in the episode, and you all were like, and you just like took a beat and kept talking. And the reason I gasped is because a really major game title just came over to me to get an advanced copy of that <gasps> I'm super psyched about. <gasps> I'm going to have to use PDF pen to send back a um, an NDA on that. So...
0: You yeah, too can use PDF that. Pen to sign <laughs> NDAs and get copies of AAA games before their release if, you know, those things are being offered to you. Um, yeah, what about you, Yasmin?
2: Yeah, I, I do have PDF Pen on my Mac, and it lets me do things that I've, like you said, always wanted to do to PDFs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Treat them how they deserve to be treated. Use PDF Pen 7. Uh, if you want to learn, want to. If you want to learn more about it, you can visit smilesoftware.com slash rocket. Uh, if you... um blah, 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 blah. Wow. I know we're not live, so my my mouth
2: is like, you know what? I'm are you, gonna, are like, you drunk tonight? To... I'm not drunk. Okay? I'm sitting Wait, at... okay? both of you aren't drunk? Okay. Yeah, I thought you yeah. said this was like a drinking podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, just, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> We've had our moments. We don't go back to that place. Um... Yes. So PDF Pen 7 and PDF Pen Pro 7 are the PDF editing apps for Mac. Uh, you should absolutely check them out. Again, that is smilesoftware.com slash rocket. And thank you so, so much for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and Relay FM.
1: Simone, was there a moment in life that you just embraced your capacity to make it weird? Was there a moment that you you realized this is your thing, and you like you looked out over the Tatooine twin suns, and you and you, you just embraced your I destiny? I felt my destiny.
0: I felt it, and I, I yeah, you know, I've always I've always been blessed with this ability to yeah. uh,
1: to make it weird make it weird yeah <laughs> i love it it's your most endearing feature. yeah it wasn't until like this year just... that we
0: put a name to it make it weird yeah um, all thanks to that <laughs> strange bear comic but uh <laughs> <laughs> see that's what i'm talking about the important you thing is did. that i make yeah. people laugh
2: <laughs> awkwardly or you know if they think it's funny well Either you know way, i've always laughing. thought it
0: was <laughs> genuine laughter but i i'm now worried about it so <laughs> <laughs> if i become less weird in the future we'll no, will all never shed a tear for the simone if, who was if
1: anything was c-mac dead you're gonna have to step up your weirdness so yeah get to it get i'm to just it. gonna
0: have to swear more then i'll be on the c-mac <laughs> yeah. level
1: yeah pray to the demon lord um so the new york
0: times is actually going to be with its november 7th issue shipping out a ton of google cardboard like the the google cardboard headsets to physical new york times subscribers and wired did a write-up of this um and I kind of wanted to talk about it a bit because last week we talked about Gear VR and Google Cardboard came up briefly. Uh, they haven't really followed the same path that other uh, VR headsets have gone down. And Brianna, I believe you said that you feel like they're not a competitor to you. And I definitely nope. agree with that, um, unless you're about to contradict me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. All right,
0: cool. So, but then this I read this article and I thought it was really interesting because it kind of highlighted for me, a path that Google Cardboard could take and perhaps a path that Google is intentionally taking with Google Cardboard to not pit it against, you know, your Oculus Rifts, your HTC 5s, even necessarily your Gear VRs, where they are working with New York Times. They created a short film about um, child war refugees that will be viewable through a New York Times VR app with Google Cardboard, which is why they're shipping out all these headsets. And they're also working to produce a couple other short films with them. One is coming out in December. Another one is coming out in 2016. And I was just kind of thinking about the way the the things that Google Cardboard has done so far, like being present in classrooms. Um, providing virtual field trips for free to teachers um, and working with the New York Times to create these VR experiences, which will also um, be free through the New York Times VR app. So if you have uh, Google Cardboard right now, I believe you'll be able to see that short film on November 3rd when the app goes live. And it seems to me like Google is genuinely not putting itself in competition with Oculus and HTC they're Vive. They're producing these experiences that are grounded not necessarily in fantastical virtual reality, but in helping people explore our own planet and educate themselves. So I thought that, I wanted to talk to you a bit about that, Brianna, and you guys mean what you think about this approach and whether maybe we will see Google Cardboard continue to thrive in the VR market, just not in the same way that other virtual reality headsets are doing.
2: Yeah, I think, The reason I love cardboard so much is that regardless, if you have an iOS device or an Android device, you can have these uh, virtual reality experiences. Like you can just buy a piece of cardboard and it's not that expensive and you plop your phone in it and then you're already immersed into this experience. Like all you need, all you need is the phone, uh, the app, one of the VR apps and the Google Cardboard and you're set. And, you know, I heard your conversation about um, the Gear VR, and I was so excited to try it out until I realized I need to have a Samsung device in order to actually get, you know, apps onto my phone and for it to interact with the Gear VR. And I'm an Android user, and I don't have a Samsung device. I'm like, you're alienating me. Whereas, you know, Google Cardboard, they're like, whoever, it doesn't matter. As long as you have this app, you can get this experience. And I think partnering up with a lot of companies uh, like this to provide news stories is a really uh, smart idea. Um, So I actually saw one ABC News created this uh, VR like inside Syria. Um, And so I downloaded the app and I put it on my phone and I got my cardboard out. And I was just experiencing Syria from, you know, the, the reporter's perspective, and it was so cool. So they have like a reporter, and you're in the middle of something, and he's explaining like, this is, uh, you know, this building, and yada, yada, and you're, and while he's talking, you can look around and see the context of where you are, and it brings new stories to life. You are able to understand what, every, you know, what it is, everything is in context to each other, and it just brings you um, into that reality. So I, I'm I'm excited to watch this uh, displaced uh, documentary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such. I think it's really, really. It could be a very, very powerful tool for journalism in the future, especially current events uh, happening around the world. And they talked a little bit in the Wired article about the challenges of filming this and how they had to, you know, have the 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 central characters of the film being the ones using the camera because you know it's 360 degrees you can't have a film crew just standing all around so they had to work out like how to hide the crew and how to create an experience in that way and i it poses i think some challenges for you know someone who isn't the new york times doing stories like this but i mean in the case of that that journalist that you talked about it's it's perfect for that kind of like so if someone is on the ground experiencing something it is so, so powerful to be able to put yourself in their shoes and see everything that's around them. And Brianna, I know you're really invested in empathic experiences with VR. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I feel like it kind of relates to that, not necessarily in the way where it's, Communicating with a computer, but communicate, seeing through a person's eyes no matter where they are. Oh,
1: absolutely. Why was it Oculus Connect a a few weeks ago? Um, You know, it's a a complete mistake to assume most of the people working and investing in VR and AR are. are game developers. That's just not true. I met as many filmmakers as I, I did game developers. So, um, yeah, we're absolutely going to see film in in these kind of experiences. Uh, Yasmin, I want to push back a little bit on, on, what, on what you said. No, no, we could we no, can I respectfully know. I know. disagree. We, I know we disagree well, on this. Well, I, I think it's... I, <laughs> I think it comes down to like a, a difference in priority because for me, Google Cardboard solves the most obvious problem, which is butts and seats. You know, like um someone was talking to me the other day at Oculus Connect, and this is a longtime very famous developer, and she's like, Look, you know, we're still shipping stuff for the PS3. Because there are that many install units out there. If you want to figure out getting VR and AR experiences out to the consumer, this ain't hard. This is like, how are we going to get, you know, headsets and gear into the hands of consumers? How are we going to do it? Seriously. Seriously. And Google Cardboard is the quickest, fastest, easiest answer for that. Because you're right, Yasmin, like most people, they don't want to think about, oh, I've got the Nexus 6 and not the 6P. Oh, I've got the Samsung Galaxy 4. You know, like they don't want to think about that. They just want to experience it. I, I, so I understand where you're coming from. I have to push back on a lot of different things with that though. So, in some ways, like, putting a smartphone in a, in a Google Cardboard and, like, you know, splitting the stereoscopic effect and, like, having the kind of you know, motion sensor in there kind of roughly track head movement, that's an easy problem. That is a really basic problem. The really challenging stuff in VR, the stuff that we had the best minds in the entire world trying to figure it out is how do we use this stuff without throwing up yeah. when we're doing it <laughs> because it makes us sick when we're moving. And, you know, like, um, you have the sensor that tracks your head in your phone. Like, this is designed to figure out if your phone is held straight up or horizontally. And, yeah, it doesn't. A- really decent job considering it's not made for that but you know like we have people they're trying to figure out like okay let me optimize the draw calls for things in the center of the screen so we can update the frame rate there and have it worse around the periphery because any lag any lag any lag any lag at all is a one way trip ticket to you know Pukeville. vomit town yeah <laughs> Pukeville, <laughs> you know so I understand there's this like oh this is a cool experience but getting something that is really bring the promise of this to life um you know we've got to figure out the controller problem the biggest feature of the gear vr is it's not really well it's the goggles which you can focus so if you're wearing glasses or not it will put it in in, into focus for you which is a very important feature it's also the interface on the side of it where you can tap and swipe and go backwards So, you know, like I under and I'm happy for this to get out there to kind of get the public interested in this. But I have to be straight, like, it feels like a gimmick and it's the most New York Times thing (laughs) in the entire world to do this. And, you know, like, great, more power to them. I was reading about the technical production of this film, it's amazing. Be prepared to see a whole lot more films like that but you know this is just part of the solution it's not the solution does that make sense
2: yeah i i definitely no. i like i yeah there's this is just like a step in that direction right vr Mm -hmm. is so new um but i think because it is so new i as just like a random person I'm not going to spend $100 on a Gear VR set. I mean that's really not that much and a Sam- if I and a Samsung device. Like if I already have a Samsung device, yeah, $100 to go spend on a Gear Gear VR, like that's not that bad. I can do that. Uh but I think this is at least opening the door for people to get a taste of that experience.
0: That's my feeling exactly. Like if we want People are, even for for news, you know, especially for news almost, people are not going to buy a device just so they can be immersed 360 degrees in their news stories. But by seeding this out, I think they really are opening the door for people to try VR, even though, you know, Google Cardboard has been around for a while. You probably could have tried it. You could have tried it by now, definitely, had you cared. But this is giving people a reason to think about VR in a way that, Ties into current events and ties into things that people who aren't keyed into this high tech stuff will care about, and so I think that that's really important. And I, I do still think that, despite the fact that cardboard doesn't doesn't solve the puking problem, um, <laughs> it does. I mean, the things that they've done in classrooms, like I said, I think are really important. And as far as I know, Google's the only company that is trying to put free VR in classrooms and design experiences around that and let teachers design lessons based on that with the Google Explorers program. Um, I should check the name of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Cool. Yeah, they uh, they even uh, partnered up with Viewmaster. So I don't know if you remember what Viewmaster oh, was. Oh, yes, I one. do. It's, yes, okay. <laughs> so, of course, uh, everyone remembers Viewmaster. It's that you know that red device that you would put disk in and you would see kind of 3D and experience and you would get to see new images. Well, they partnered up with uh, Google to create a Google Cardboard device that looks kind of like the old Viewmaster. Um, And then they also sell apps and and games. Uh, Yeah, I would call more apps and and games that you can buy like a pack, like you can buy a space pack. So then your kid puts on this Google Cardboard uh, Viewmaster um, headset and they get to explore space and there's like different interactions and it's a learning and it's also, you know, enjoyable because there's audio and video. And so I think think it's a step in the future um, for this. The, the one drawback is, like, listen, I am a huge Android nerd and, like, I want to get my daughter this Viewmaster... Um, thing, but when do I ever have my phone like available for me to give up and give to my daughter (laughs) to put into that headset, right? Like the last thing I want to do is give my daughter my phone. Yeah, (laughs) Um, And, you know, sure, maybe in the future, I think there's going to be a lot more phones that people have that they can just like, oh, the old device, you know, I have a new device, and this is my old device, go ahead and put that in the VR and you can use it. Um, But I I don't know, I I don't know if they're going to, you know, launch kind of like a Like a kid's phone, where it's like a really budget phone that it can almost like a tablet that you can use for these things.
1: I'm trying to imagine what a budget budget Android phone. Hey, you know a Moto
2: Moto E and Moto G. Those are pretty awesome phones, you know, for cheap.
1: So all right, you know, it's really like I tried to get snarky with you, and you just were nice to me right now. Laying it down, (laughs) real talk. (laughs)
0: But yeah, but like, I mean like Bring I said on, the, Bray. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like I said at the top of the section, I think it is it's almost unfair to compare Google Cardboard to other VR just because it does not seem to they're not even they're not comp- they're not using like the same revenue models. They're not really putting themselves on the same playing field. So, whatever Google does with Cardboard, I it doesn't seem like they have some kind of big end game at the moment at least from my perspective, the public perspective, it doesn't seem like they know exactly what product they're going to be putting out there at the end with Google Cardboard. But what they're doing now, I think, is really important as far as getting people into VR and putting VR in the hands of people who might not have even thought it was accessible to them.
2: Yeah, I, I think the maybe one of like a an af- once it gets to an affordable stage, a VR headset that you actually don't need to put your phone in, that it already has that built in um is gonna be so much more enjoyable because you know you put your phone in one of those things and you're like using all this uh your battery yeah yeah. (laughs) which that's a a big problem with phones already so yeah it's it's i think it's the future it's not there yet it's getting there um and uh who knows maybe google will surprise us in a couple of years
1: yeah they will they will
0: awesome awesome so what are you up to this week brianna Wu?
1: I hope I'm not doing any more press tomorrow. I've got to talk to Fortune after I get off uh, this podcast tonight. Um, I'm hoping I get to not keep dealing with the South by Southwest Circus, and I get to work on shipping Rev 60 and getting that off. Um, we're also working on a bunch of, uh, we're, we're actually, I had a call this afternoon with, um, a financial analyst and, um, I have to say, like, we're working on getting together a business case for women in VR, looking at what the market cap is going to be, looking at what, you know, it's feasible to say the, uh, the percentage of women users are going to be. And, um, you know, we're going to produce some media about this and do a big, uh, you know, press blitz on it. Cause I think, um, what we're seeing right now that's very frustrating is we're basically seeing, um, You know, the video game industry mirrored again. So, you know, the video game industry comes out and it starts with women being interested with being game developers in like the the Pong era. Right. And then uh, Atari kind of makes this choice to kind of gear more male in the character design, which is something Nintendo kind of ran with, specifically marketing to boys. And then, you know, now we have an industry 30 years later that kind of is not super welcoming to women. So what we're trying to do in the VR industry is a bunch of us that are, um, you know, kind of power players behind the scenes that, Don't want to see history repeated. We are um, really working together to, you know, bring a press push to, you know, raise issues of what women are doing in this field to make sure we're represented on corporate speaking, to make sure we're fairly represented when, you know, pitching for venture capital. And we're really trying to change this perception around because right now, um, you know, there's a conference going on in two weeks. It's VR intelligence and go look at the lineup and it is overwhelmingly 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 dudes i think it's 36 men and one woman speaking and you know i just don't want to repeat that from the industry so we're working on changing that.
0: dang good on you
1: yep that's what i do i get stuff done
0: <laughs> yasmin what about
2: you i think i'm gonna have like a coffee tomorrow a cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> you're not changing the world
2: uh actually no <laughs> I, I actually this is uh my second week at a non-profit that tries to end poverty. So, you know what? I guess I am changing the world. You are changing the
1: world. That is excellent. But How are you changing coffee?
0: Property? I I am going to continue being a selfish millennial um for the foreseeable future. Uh i'm just i'm trying to finish a writing project before october so that i can before october ends i should say so that i can start a new one in november for national novel writing month or rather finish an old one in november i don't even know what i'm writing anymore um and i am loving assassin's creed syndicate <gasps>
1: So Simone, <laughs> I took your word for it. And I played it for two hours tonight. And you are right. Uh, Evie is completely awesome. and yeah, I love it when her, her oh. cane turns into like the stabbing weapon. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, like stab a dude in the neck. Like, stab, stab, it's so like so oh, it's satisfying. So good.
2: Someone go you check just... on Frank
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is fine. He's fine. Frank, please tell us you're okay. Is <laughs> he with Christina now? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my biggest, the biggest exciting thing that, the best thing about Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I keep almost saying Unity. The best thing about Syndicate for me so far is just how funny Jacob and Evie were because the trailers were all, you know, so like intense, grim, dark, and I should be used to that. I've played Assassin's Creed games before. I watched those trailers incessantly. But then the game starts and they're charming and they're bantering and they have sibling rivalry. I was literally just like cackling and curled up in a ball, shrieking like I do when I love things as I was playing it with my tendonitis hands. Um, it is fantastic. My review will be going up uh, probably tomorrow on Remeshed. Uh, I just I, I love it. I love it so much more than I ever dared to dream. My my expectations are always really low with Assassin's Creed games, um, but they again sat down and said, "What can we do to make Simone de Rochefort happy?" Uh, let's make two beautiful twins with great banter, and then introduce some more hot assassins, and then so far so far in my playthrough not treat the trans character like crap so they did that so far so far i'm you know i'm holding my breath for the end of the game because never never trust anyone um but i i just
1: i'm really liking it and
0: it's wonderful so you know
1: I will never not. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying Yay. it. So I'm far. I'm glad. Glad I could change like your a, life. Like I may not be saving the world, but I sure have changed yes. the life of I'm Brianna. Oh, oh! What like did enough. you say? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> did you say is that like a video game or something? <laughs>
2: i did i was teasing you oh here we go i can put two two together i'm assuming it's a game are you
1: not a gamer
2: i'm a mobile gamer you know
0: heck yeah you are a gamer yeah
2: you know the last console we bought was like a wii when my husband and i got married and like we were that we're like let's go to costco and buy a wii and we
1: did that is awesome that was a good (laughs) yeah Yeah. have you ever played revolution sixty?
2: Of uh, yeah Bree. i like beta tested your phone oh or that's your, your, your game. You did. <laughs> wait you know you whatever I, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I actually
2: got like a get out of jail card for that so you owe me
1: i do i do i owe you a lot we had a lot of beta testers i just uh-huh no know. you're just one you're, you're my, favorite. Uh-huh. my favorite you know no, whatever yeah. you know whatever brie <laughs> so before we end the show we have to just close by talking about app.net <laughs> we, we have to talk about this because oh, we no. now, met see, this on App.net. That... You're going to get some and... hate now, now. Why? Why? I, well, I don't know what you're going to say. I <laughs> guess. I'm going to say <laughs> I fondly remember App.net, and I think it's amazing how many current like uh, major players on the tech scene came out of App.net. You know, me, you, uh, Anna Tarkov has her own show. Jessica Dennis does. Steve Steve, is over here on Relay. Um, You know, like all the, like, it's amazing how many people took that experience. So at that net, for people that don't know, was this paid Twitter where you had $50 and then you could pay to tweet. And it was awesome. (laughs) And I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's where we first became friends. It's
2: like the first LO.
1: (laughs) The first what? ello? Hello? <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Oh, God. Oh. oh I'm no, I'm sure it's forgotten. not the first. Yeah, I no. have done it.
2: It was cool. You know, I I, I do miss it, but... Why? Wow. It was kind I, of terrible I, towards the end. I, <laughs> so. I, I miss what it was, Brie. Yes. Don't you sometimes miss what it was?
1: I do. I do. Like, do you ever wish... look
2: at your life and you're like, oh, that moment <laughs> before all of this happened?
1: Yeah, boy, <laughs> I... I Boy, that was great. I could walk down the street and people would leave me alone. They you know, <laughs> were starting to murder me. I should love. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> wow, that was a golden period of my time, a uh, period of it, my life come to think of it. It is a
2: surprising what, like you mentioned, what came out of the app.net community. A lot of awesome people came out of there. Simone, I'm, why weren't you there?
1: Come on. Uh, was I was being party. a
0: fetus. It was a good time in my life. I missed that time, too. Everything yeah, was so simple.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't have fingers. <laughs> it was great. So, in retrospect, I've like, and I okay, realize okay, you were okay. not okay. as acerbic as I am. So, I will outright say, like, app.nev failed because Dalton was not a leader. <laughs> I mean, you know, why why do you think it didn't kind of take off? Like, what uh, would you kind of attribute that to? What would
2: I have done? They, they needed to give me more time to get my app out there, Brie. Yeah, that was it. the future. That was, that was the one reason they failed. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, you know, if Google can't launch a social network, and they have all the money to throw at it, um, I think it's pretty hard to launch a social network. You know, um, yeah, on, on a on a budget, even if they yeah. had new money, it's just, it's just, it's just a hard thing. You're not going to go anywhere unless your friends are there. So yeah.
1: Um, I, I think I think they could have had a better marketing budget. I think that would have helped it a lot. And um I don't know. I think maybe the uh, name was, should have changed. The name should have changed. It sounded like utility and yeah, <laughs> they should have um you know they had this fantasy that people were going to you know build clients. And you know when Felix couldn't make um a living, you know the yeah. engineer behind Felix couldn't make a living, that should be a like red alarm bells for them that like this idea they have it's not going to work. And you know, I think it's It's something, a moment I think about a lot as a leader, because I think there is, there's certainly staying the course, right? Like there is being brave, being certain in your decisions. And I think there is ignoring all data and like proceeding ahead when everyone around you is telling you your course is wrong. right? Um, And, you know, I think that's what app.net did. And, you know, I have to say, I mean, something I think about a lot with Dalton is especially being on the venture capital scene is, you know, Dalton, I feel someone that was rewarded by the venture capital system by some of the most powerful venture capitalists in tech, because you go to a party with him, you look at him, he looks like he fits this model. He's a really hot, you know, 20 something dude that, you know, came out of the Ivy leagues and just fits this model. And I think it's really telling that, you know, he couldn't, as we said in the South, you know, lead a turd through a goose, you know? So it's, 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 it's a moment. i it it's true it's a moment I think a lot about it's like well if you know this person was able to you know get what was it three million dollars you know I believe that I will be able to be successful in this field too because I am certain that I can run a company at least that well so I don't know um it's I don't know yeah there's, I, a, I, there's yeah. definitely
2: a lot of things that go into a product or anything um and I think most imp- importantly is having a spokesperson that people can look to uh, yep. to lead the company and yep. you know like i i know brie and when brie calls me and says Yasmin yes, ma- or messages me like Yasmin, yes, ma- you we need to get on a call i answer the phone cuz i know whatever brie is going to say that it's going to be good so <laughs> <laughs> well uh, okay you know maybe we, we can argue about that but i i know to pick up the phone and so i think leaders in companies like they need to have someone that you can believe in and say, like, yeah. whatever they're going forward on, I want to be a part of because it's going to be the future.
1: And Or at least someone with a vision to get vision, things done. Yeah. Right? right. I mean, someone that will go and he, talk is cheap, you know, and I don't know. I think a lot about. I've I've thought a lot about app.net and um, especially with all the feminists being harassed this year, I've thought a lot about picking up the pieces of app.net, getting my own server and like launching a private feminist app.net where we can talk and communicate without all these jerks like <laughs> screaming at us all the time. Um, I'm not going to do it because I can only have so much time, but it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah. I think it's only like telling so slack Right. Everyone's using Slack for uh, team communications. And even uh, there's a lot of uh, like I created a Phoenix women in tech uh, Slack community where it's just a place for women in tech. People are looking for those private ways to communicate with uh, strangers, you know, maybe that you wouldn't give out your cell phone number or text message, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I guess there is a need to have that. But no one really knows the answer for that. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Awesome awesome we should leave it there sorry we to digress shouldn't. into app.net but we had to go down memory lane oh
2: uh, so, we did it was it was yep. a good time it was what the best was of it? time it was the
1: do you still have netbot on your it phone? was before my time
2: before, before, before. it was not you were like, <laughs> exactly we're like the same age ago, we're like the same age i am Come actually on. a
0: very large baby <gasps> oh, uh, there we go so brianna in lieu of a feminist social network where can we find you online uh,
1: Look, uh, let's see. This week it's USA Today. God! <laughs> CNN. Um, yeah, Boston Globe. Um, or you can find me on SpaceCatGal on the Twitter machine, nice. which is exciting and fun and never boring. A well oiled machine that always arrives on time. Or precisely tweets. when it means to. Yasmin, where can we find you
0: online?
2: If you are interested in this Google and Android conversation that we had here, you can listen to more Google and Android talk. We're on relay.fm.fm forward slash material where I talk to uh, Pocket Cast app developer Russell Ivanovich and Love him. Chicago Tech. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. And Chicago uh, tech columnist, Andy Anako. And every week we talk about a pro- uh, Google and Android. So listen there. You can also find me on Twitter uh, at Yasmeen Evian. And no, I will not be on the USA today, this week. <laughs> this week. Sorry, Marie. But this next week. week it could all change. <laughs> Maybe it Once could all change. Once you, again, <laughs>
0: fix the world. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DoomQuasar um, and on Pixelkin.org where I write words. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rocket. And please leave us a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. I know you do. I see your heart.
1: And this episode is terminated. 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 Let's get it with some more gusto. Come on, Gatsby. This is your one choice. This is your one chance to. Okay, let's do it again. This episode of Rocket is terminated.
2: Boom, terminated. Terminated.